Welcome to the Vitamin SC3 podcast. We are so glad that you are tuning in and listening. Please listen up and share this podcast with a friend. Today's guest is Kayla Gorel, and today's segment is the Self Care is Healthcare segment with Dr. Marjorie Brewer. Please tune in and listen up to learn more about movement is medicine. The Vitamin SC3 podcast is a health-inspired podcast sharing a variety of different sickle cell stories made up of four different segments. The information that you hear on the Vitamin SC3 podcast is for educational or informational purposes only and does not substitute professional medical advice or consultations with a healthcare professional. Enjoy the episode and please remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. To become a member of the Sickle Cell Community Consortium, visit sicklecellconsortium.org. The Sickle Cell Consortium is a collaborative designed a little bit like the United Nations in theory so that we can bring together many organizations for sickle cell throughout the country and now throughout the world, as well as our independent patient caregiver leaders, opinion leaders, advocates, those that are active in this space. And our goal is, what we've always done, is bring our community together so that we can create projects, priorities, initiatives. We can figure out what are the problems, needs, and gaps in the sickle cell community, and then figure out how we're going to collectively address this. Hello, 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 our listening audience. We're so happy that you could join us today for the Vitamin C3 podcast. And I am Dr. Marjorie Dijoir Brewer, and I am joined by a very good, good friend of mine that entered my life, what is it now, five years that we've known each other? Has it been About that long? that, I think so. <laughs> oh my goodness, about five years ago, this wonderful island girl that I met in um, spin class, <laughs> and we connected on so many levels that I wanted to bring her to you as a community and bring her message forward. So I will let her introduce herself and then we're getting started with our questions and sharing some of our journey together and why I did that I invited her into the fold. So Ms. Kayla, can you introduce yourself to the community, please? Sure, thanks Marjorie. My name is Kayla Garrell and as Marjorie mentioned, um, we met in cycle class and I'm a cycle instructor. That's one of my few jobs. Um, I am also a yoga instructor, certified yoga instructor. And um, I guess my career job or full-time job, I'm an HR professional in training and development. And then I also have a small um, business as a smoothie professional. I make and sell smoothies. And I'm a wife and a mom and a few, I play a few other roles. So she wears a lot of hats, everyone. I know she said her a couple of things, but yeah, please don't let that fool you. Please don't let the sweet island voice fool you. And can you please tell our audience the name of your wonderful business, please? Yes, yeah, so it's called Healthy Whole Happy, LLC. 
and it's the name I operate under for health coaching. That's another job I have, but it is um, it's not as consistent as the others. Um, and my smoothies and so on. And if I do any events or speaking engagements, it's under Healthy Whole Happy LLC. And I forgot to mention, since Marjorie mentioned I'm a island girl, I grew up in Jamaica. So that is what she means by that. <laughs> yes, and she radiates it, which I love because I'm a fellow island girl. But community, this is why, just the name of her business, and I wanted her to say it because it embodies why I wanted her to be one of our guests healthy, whole, happy. And when we think of mental health and wellness, I think those three words really, really capture it perfectly. So Kayla, you have a, an amazing and dynamic fitness and wellness career. So can you share with our audience, because the title of this episode is Movement in Medicine, is medicine, because I think movement just does your body good. But can you share with our audience how you got started and how you have crafted and grown your career? All right, I'm gonna try and keep this short, but it's a, a multifaceted <laughs> journey that ha, you know spanned over about 25 years. But um, growing up in Jamaica, I would go running with my mom, just as you know, being active and and tagging along with her. And it was even though I don't run as um, intensely anymore, it was something that I kind of had a natural affinity for. I could run at a decent pace without a whole lot of training or effort. So I got onto the track team and, um, you know, really enjoyed running. Not only is it a great workout and good for your heart and for your muscles, but um, I actually enjoyed doing it as well. So fast forward into adulthood, um, I wasn't competing like at a um, professional level, but I would do lots of road races. I was in many running clubs, um, running marathons, half marathons, that type of thing. And then unfortunately, I sustained a pelvic stress fracture, which is a very um, slow healing injury. So during that, uh, those three years where I really couldn't run without being in really bad pain, I stumbled across a yoga class. And um, I'd never really done yoga before. I'd done one or two classes and I was like, this is so boring, you know, compared to running, it was just not as exciting. And, um, but this was different. It was hot yoga, so it was extremely challenging. I had no idea what I was doing, um, but I remember very clearly after the class feeling amazing. So even though the time during the class was a little bit uncertain and challenging and I was hot, I was like, oh my goodness, I feel so good. And I was hooked from that day and that was probably back in 2011. And um, at this point I had already started teaching indoor cycling because that's also a very kind of vigorous exercise. I, I like to exercise at high intensities. So I was already teaching cycling. Um, and I, I can talk about how I got into that later, but as far as yoga goes, because I was a cycle instructor, people assumed I was also a yoga instructor because I would post about it and I was, you know, obviously very involved and very passionate about it. And honestly, the reason why I got, one of the reasons I got certified to teach yoga is because I got tired of telling people I didn't teach yoga when they would <laughs> ask to take my class. <laughs> right. So after like the 10th or so person in a year was like, I want to take your class. Where do you teach? I was like, I need to not, I need to stop telling people I don't teach yoga. So I got certified right. to teach yoga. Um, and the certification I have is the same one um, Dr. Marjorie has. So we have that in common as well. Um, since yeah. then I've done a few other certifications and I now train other yoga teachers in addition to my students on a weekly basis. Um, and then, of course, uh, 
I'm a I'm plant based, so I, I don't know if we're gonna talk about that later on, but that was a part of my journey too. Is when I um, became injured and really started diving into what it meant to be healthy and well. I came across many articles, publications, books on the benefits of plant based eating. So that is something mm-hmm. as, that was a significant change as well that that has served me well. Wow, such a wonderful pathway that you've um, been on a journey, but. I want to take it back to because you have so many different styles of people in your classes now that you do both cycling and you're a yoga instructor and as you said you participate in a lot of different activities um and three i think three of the main modes of movement that i like to suggest for our community are walking which since you're a runner you know how to walk well and you know how important it is to walk walking cycling because it's a non-impact um sport so to speak and yoga Can you share why, in your view, those are important for individuals who might not be as fit as some others, but you are such an example because you said you got injured and you kind of rehabbed yourself back to to health and you know how important movement is. So how do you switch that up or what advice do you give for individuals who you might see in your class who are not as fit as some others? Sure. So I think walking is a great activity. It's um, obviously not as jarring on the joints as running, but you, you know, if you can walk a pretty bit brisk pace, which would I would say is about 20 minutes per mile, um, that is a great way to get the heart rate going, to also um, strengthen the legs, and you know, if you're doing it outdoors, a great way to get fresh air and some sunlight. I, yeah. I highly, highly recommend finding a buddy to do it with. Um, yeah. Having that social aspect is good for helping you to stick with it on those days when you're just not, you're not in the mood. You're likely not going to let your friend down, so you're going to show up. And um, I think for mental health, having that social component is super important as well. So um, that's what I would say as far as walking goes. And then it's just good, you know, to like get those steps in and to be moving from one point to the other. Now, if your only option is a treadmill, that is still better than sitting down all day. But um, if if you can find a place to safely walk outdoors, um, I think that's best. Um, yoga, oh my gosh, there's so many different styles of yoga. So you have the very gentle type of yoga that you can, um, I would say restorative is probably the gentlest type. And then you have yin, which is deeper, longer held stretches. And you feel sensation, but you're not flowing or doing a lot of um, muscular effort type movements. Then you have right. vinyasa, you have Bikram. There's um, there's styles of yoga that build up to peak poses for people who want to explore the more um, advanced uh, poses like handstands and arm balances. So there's there's a wide range and there's literally a style for anyone. There's even chair yoga. So yeah. I would say try a few different classes and kind of you know, try them at least once or twice, figure out what you like. And sometimes it's not the style so much as a teacher that you connect with um, or the other people who are in the class. So there's many different factors that will help you find something that's going to fit into your lifestyle. Maybe it's the length of the class, maybe it's the location. So um, lots of different things that you want to consider. And the main thing is consistency. So find something that you will stick to because you enjoy it, because you have someone to go with, before, because it fits into your schedule, whatever it might be. 
Um, and then in any style of yoga, you always have the chance to do more within that same class or to add on more, um, you know, intense styles or more intermediate or advanced styles once your, you know, body and mind start to open up. Right. Or go down or, or you can always decrease, right? Yes. Depending on yes. What your body is telling you. That's true. That's true. And, and then cycling, I just love indoor cycling. Um, I started doing indoor cycling in 2003 and just loved the, the, the fact that you could get a high-intensity workout without, you know, the jamming of the joints or jumping up and down. You could really just control how hard you worked by changing your leg speed on the bike and adding resistance or even sitting and standing. And, um, again folks who I used to ride with would say, Hey, I think you'd make a good instructor. You should get certified. And I was like, I don't know. You know, I have, I have a full-time job. So at that time, that's all I did. I didn't have all these other (laughs) side jobs. And I decided to just go ahead and get certified. And, um, I've, I've never looked back. It's a great, um, it can be a great experience because you pick the music, um, that you like that's going to fuel the ride whether it goes with the drills you're doing whether there's a message that you want to deliver or a theme that you're doing for fun so it's just a really um, fun way to work out and if you like to sweat and you like to you know kind of have heart pumping music that is put together with the ride you'll you'll enjoy cycling and anyone can do it as well you don't have yeah. to be in a super super fit or a certain size or anything like that right. I, guys, I'm telling you, I've been to her class on my not so good days because since she's known me so long, she has no, she knows about the disease process. She's even done her own research as it relates to sickle cell disease. And I've also been there on my better days. And what I love about Kayla's class is when she takes you where you're at, as long as you're sitting on the bike and moving your feet at the level that you can, it's a party. And her music and her energy will just get you through and you just feel so to really connected. Like she shares the love. She distributes the love in the room. And I love that she said anybody could do cycling, literally, because what's great is that they adjust the bike to your body, right? And then all you got to do is pedal. And how do you, how do most people build endurance, would you say, Kayla, on, on, on the bike? Well, first off, thank you for those kind words um, about my class. Um, <laughs> I think the key with that is to, uh, in the beginning, a lot of people need some time to figure out how to stand on the bike. So when you're standing, you're, you know, you're incorporating a little bit of balance. You have to add resistance in order to be able to stand with control. Imagine trying to stand up on a very thin wire. Um, you're just, you know, you're going to feel like you need to hold on, but if it was like a thicker strap or band then you'd have more support. So it's kind of the same thing. You need that resistance to stand up. And so that sometimes scares people. They're like, well, I don't want to add too much because then I'm going to wear myself out. So standing takes a little while, but, um, like Marjorie said, it's the consistency of just continuing to move. I tell that to new people all the time. Like, don't stop, just take some resistance off, keep the legs moving and definitely don't walk out of the class on 
unfortunately sometimes people are like this is really hard because they're trying to maybe keep up with the person next to them who's been cycling for 10 years and you know they are self-conscious or it you know it begins to to hurt you know and you do something yeah. for the first time when you're doing too much and you know they end up not making it through the whole class so i i think it's a huge deal when someone finishes their first cycle class and i'm like you yeah. got through the entire class that is amazing i'm not just saying that and then it's the consistency of coming back and trying a little more each time because it doesn't really get easier um i think it's like with anything in life as you get better and you raise the bar and your fitness level increases you kind of level up each time so for someone that's a very experienced rider they can still have a very challenging class because their baseline is now at a much higher point and it's the same thing outside the cycle room as you progress in your career your relationships whatever you're not doing the same things that you did when you first started you now have like a a certain kind of level or standard that you hold yourself to right yeah I totally agree. And for, for our audience who might not have spun before, and one of the things I want to finish our spinning conversation and move on to yoga. Um, one of the things um, that is very appealing is one, the lights are dim and two, you control your own bike. So there is this level of no one has to know how much or how little you have on your bike. You really are there for you. And, and they cater when you have a good teacher who amps you up. And uh, you guys, she gets you pumped for She's like, okay, it's party time. And I like to go early. But I really feel like this type of movement meets you where you at. Can you speak to those um, components of spinning that are so good for people no matter what level they're at? Absolutely. That's a really great point. And, you know, some of you might be thinking, well, you can do that in any class, which is true, but it's more obvious it's more evident to marjorie's point so if you're in a step aerobics class or you're in a weightlifting class which are great ways to move your body don't get me wrong if you have to modify a squat or you know you have less risers on the step than everyone else it's something that you might be self-conscious about because people can literally see that you're not doing the same thing whereas in cycling apart from standing up everything else is very discreet. So I could say everyone at a big amount of resistance. And if you're like, not today, my legs are tired or I'm sore or whatever, you can add just a little bit. And again, keep working at your level. And even the person right next to you will not know how much resistance you're adding or taking off. Um, the RPMs, which is how fast we pedal, that's again, something that can be observed if you know, you're know you pedaling at half the pace of someone else. But again, you can just take some resistance off, catch up with that RPM and then say, okay, let me see if I can start building some back in. Um, a lot of bikes nowadays, uh, when I started teaching spinning, there were no consoles, so there was no data or information while you were riding. It was how hard you were working or how hard you thought you were working was all based yeah. off of your perceived exertion or if you wore a heart rate monitor that could um, let you know if your heart rate was elevated or not but now they have um, consoles that tell you how fast you're riding your revolutions per minute how much power you're producing you're the only person that can see that so it's a great way to know what you're doing and kind of measure your progress again in a very individual and private way exactly and and that's what we and community that's why we're, we're bringing that up because it's something that you can tailor it's safe like she like kayla said it's not jarring you could go as slow or as fast and slowly build yourself up and for those of us who love music 
and energy, the music and energy carries you through. All right, awesome. So that's our little spinning talk. So what are your thoughts on yoga and the connection to the healing potential that we all have within us? Yeah, so, um, you know, anyone who I guess has spent any amount of time really researching health and wellness, whether as a medical professional or a regular person like myself, you probably come across many um, articles that say the body wants to heal itself. The body wants to be in homeostasis. The body wants to kind of come back to, to center, to normal. So when we, you know, listen to our bodies and put ourselves in situations that set us up for that healing to happen, it really, um, it really can. And, and I think yoga is healing on many different levels. So I'll start off with the physical. Um, it's, it's a great way to strengthen your body. Again, moving at your own pace. You're not jumping or doing anything um, very, what's the word, that, you know, could be could potentially precarious, like, you know, acrobatics or gymnastics or something right. like that out of flipping through the air. So um, it's very grounded. You move at your own pace so you can strengthen your muscles you can of course stretch your muscles and there are um, movements where you hold the poses for a couple breaths and then there are times when you hold them for up to five minutes so when you're holding those longer stretches and poses it releases your fascia connective tissue and that is what allows your range of motion to change and to increase um, and a lot of folks, you know, are, are tight because all the other things we do tighten us up. So the spinning, the running, you know, the weightlifting, all of those other great ways um, to move that have their own benefits, um, unfortunately, do tighten us up. So the stretching um, aspect of yoga helps to, to loosen our joints, um, muscles and ligaments. Um, and then balance is a huge uh, part of yoga. And, you know, I, I've been saying to my classes recently, I've had people that have been taking my classes for a long time. I myself, of course, I'm getting older, too. And I've been saying to them, like, you know, working, figuring out balance is a huge part of health as we, you know, get to middle age and beyond, because, you know, we've all heard of that person or family member or know someone personally who had a bad fall. And it's really hard to come back from that, you know, things tend to go downhill from there, depending yeah. on how bad it was and how old the person was at the time. So I'm like, you you know, balance is, a, is a, such an important life skill that you need and yoga helps us to build that. So there's strength, flexibility, and balance. Those are like the three main physical benefits of it. Um, and then, of course, there's the mental aspect. In today's world, we're, we're super busy. We, As Marjorie said, we wear many hats. We're being pulled in many different directions. So you're, you know, maybe have one job that's very demanding or you have several jobs. You have family members, friends, children, parents, um, other obligations like your own hobbies and interests and then just the daily things that we have to do like food shopping and whatnot. And um, we often don't have enough time to just sit with ourselves and our thoughts. And yoga is a great way for us to slow down enough to really like go inside and kind of see where our thoughts and feelings are coming from. And that in and of itself can be very healing as well. Um, because you're not just jumping from one task to the next over and over and over again, day after day, month after month. Yeah. Oh my God. All of that resonates with me. Um, there's one 
and you know this part well because everybody always groans that there's a, a particular part in the yoga sequence towards the end that we call logs. And I feel like that part of class for me, what it has taught me is to how to prepare myself physically, mentally, and spiritually for challenges. Um, can you share with our audience what logs means and how that might parallel with, because as you know, sickle cell disease and patients who have uh, individuals that live with that um, have many challenges, just like everybody else does. But I think with, when you have a chronic disease, you have a couple more challenges and no one ever teaches you necessarily how to navigate challenges when they come in your body. But one of the things that yoga helped me do was to nav navigate some of those challenges that I've, I meet and I experience with my chronic disease. So can you share uh, about the concept behind logs and how someone might parallel some of those lessons into life? Yes. So logs is, um, I guess, a metaphor in our in the one of the styles of yoga that we're both trained in, where it's not physically challenging as in like you're doing a super advanced pose or you're trying to remember a 10 pose sequence you're holding a pretty kind of basic standard pose but um the idea is to hold it for as long as possible without like taking a break or coming out so in other words you're like in the fire hence logs like firewood and it's in the, in the class itself, literally what it's helping us to do, of course, is strengthen our bodies and minds and to deal with the emotions, the uncomfortable emotions and the pain or whatever that comes to the surface. And where as teachers, our goal is to, you know, watch and observe our students in this struggle and resist the urge to say, okay, okay, let's, let's come out. And, you know, that's feedback that I've gotten from my teachers is like, okay, you're, you're coddling people. You need them to stay in the logs. And it's, you know, I'm letting a little secret out here is, you know, our goal is until people start coming out, it means we haven't left them in that pose long enough, whether it's a warrior one or a squat or, or something like that. Right. So what that teaches us off the mat is that we're going to have these tough times that we go through in life. And, and unfortunately, there is a lot of, um, you know, there are messages out there that tell us we have to be happy all the time and things have to be perfect. And, uh, you know, if, you, if you're feeling a negative emotion or, or depressed, something is wrong with you and you, you got to take stuff to, to be happy 24-7. So I think the logs teach us to deal with the unpleasant things that come up and to learn from that journey and from that discomfort. So um, I remember, and I'll keep this quick, I remember when I first became a mom and, you know, I was reading all these like new parent articles and there was a story about a young girl who had left her teddy bear on her favorite toy on a train that was like miles and miles away from where they lived. And but when they reached home, they realized, oh, gosh, she'd left this toy on the train. And the chances of her getting that back were slim to none. So what so what do most parents do in that situation? They try to make up a story and they're like, it will be fine. Don't cry. We'll figure it out. And this mother um, was sharing that she chose not to do that and not to lie basically to her daughter just to get her to stop crying in that moment and was like, it's 
yes, this toy is gone and I know it sucks and it's okay to be upset. It's okay to cry. And as time passes, you will be okay. And she like, she sat there with her and they kind of experienced that really, you know, painful truth and emotion together. And I was like, I love that. And that's kind of what logs are to me is like, okay, holding this pose for 90 seconds, I really don't like it. It it sucks, whatever. But it's making you stronger on the other end of it. It's teaching you things about yourself. You're realizing what emotions and thoughts come up for you and how you respond to them. So it's just such a great tool and teacher for um for in the moment and for life. Oh my God! You so first of all, I love that story of the teddy bear. Um, but second of all, the way you just communicated the logs and being in the fire really really resonates with me and with I think a lot of what our listeners tend to go through and you guys what um, I'm gonna share with you that when sometimes and, and Kayla's a teacher so and I've been in her class sometimes when you're in these poses and I do feel like your 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 mind wanders and it goes through all these different phases and emotions and you have someone who's teaching you who keeps reminding you you can do this you can stay and you have a group of people who are really bonding with you and almost uplifting you through that process. So it reinforces the the thought process that you have the strength within you. And then the best thing is when the teacher sees you about to give up and they come and they just either stay right there in your face or they stay right behind you or they put a hand on your shoulder and they remind you, you are not alone. And they're with you throughout that entire journey. And I think there's something extremely special and once you've experienced it, you can harness that feeling and use it at other times in your life um, that become very challenging. But um, yeah, yoga is amazing and healing. And as uh, Kayla said, on a physical, on an emotional and on a spiritual level. So thank you for sharing that little bit of insight. And yeah, and one more thing about the logs, I just, I feel like I, that we have to mention this. We haven't really talked about the ego yet and some of the, the problems we run into when we let our egos take over and and I think having um an ego in some ways is very helpful especially um in certain situations you know as as a female or as someone you know from an underrepresented group um but it can definitely get us into trouble when we are just solely focused on you know what we think others think about us or trying to like live up to um you know, to a certain, you know, unrealistic, unrealistic standard or comparison with ourselves. So the logs also help to kind of, again, going back to the burning analogy, burn away that ego. So our true essence is revealed because at some point you do have to come out of the pose and there's likely going to be someone who held it 10 seconds longer than you. And then you begin to realize it doesn't matter. That's that person's practice and journey. This is mine. And it's okay that I wasn't the best one or whatever, or, and it's not a competition. So it's not, I mean, it takes a while to learn that, but you're absolutely right. And I'm so happy you brought that up. We, we get in our own ways. Sometimes we, we think it's supposed to happen this way, or I'm supposed to take care of it this way, or I should have done like that other person done. But at the end of the day, as long as you do your best, you put that ego to the side a little bit, and you do your best for you, for where you're at, you will learn and grow and progress. So I love that you brought the ego up, because I think sometimes, it, it, it as you said, in some certain situations, you need it. But in other situations, it gets in the way, and, and it doesn't help us at all. It doesn't help us at all. Such good stuff. Yoga, 
spinning, the journey, healing from it, dealing with our trauma. Um, this is all good. So here's your next question. This is a little bit more personal because you've been part of my healing journey um, with my sickle cell disease uh, for a long time and in multiple ways. So like I shared with you guys, I've taken her spin class when I'm not 100% and she lets me build up. If I'm a little late, she still smiles at me. She's good. She's like, Marjorie, whatever you feel, we're going to work through it with the music. And sometimes she'll ask me, what music you want to play? And we'll give her some music and it's like the best. Now, she already shared with you that she does smoothies. So we have come up, her and I, we've worked together in coming and coming up with something, certain shakes that have helped because I'm also um, vegan and vegetarian. So that have helped me heal because she, you know, we realized that though medicine, movement is medicine, you also want to heal internally. We have the yoga connection. And then, um, you know, she's just my girlfriend. She's done so many amazing things that have uplifted me and when she's running she has an event i'm like right there rooting for her and we're, we're like looking for her instagram pictures and and she's done the same for me so what can you speak to as you believe is one of the benefits for individuals suffering um with chronic diseases that you've maybe observed in in others or that you've experienced because maybe someone close to you has had a chronic disease but speak to the benefits of movement or things that you give because you're a coach you're you're a juicer well you're a chef as far as i'm concerned and you're an instructor so um can you speak to some of those benefits that you think that individuals ha get from all that from movement specifically we can start with movement but feel free to go in any direction because since you wear so many wonderful hats and you will help so many people and the people that you help have different type of challenges so um i think you you have insight into that in a way that some other people might not have okay sure so you know, chronic diseases are, are very individual. So, of course, there are certain symptoms and, you know, treatments that will work for many people and um, but maybe not everyone. So I, I think it's always a, you know, trial and error, trying a, a something and, and then figuring it out. And sometimes with things like cycling, it's as simple as your seat needed to be an inch higher or um, you were trying to do too much too soon. So it's it's all about just really being patient with the process of figuring out what's going to work. And, I, you know, I always recommend people um, getting medical advice. So, you know, checking your levels like any client I've ever worked with, if I'm going to um, I don't want to use the word prescribe, but if I'm going to recommend and help guide them through a plant based eating regimen, I'm like, you also need to still get, you know, check your um, get blood tests done to check your levels. And then often they see that things are changing and what is too high is getting lower and so on. So it's it's really just about figuring out what is going to work and listening to your body, because there's a difference between pushing yourself and getting out of your comfort zone and, and being sore from working a new muscle or and be, or being injured and in pain. And the, the more in touch you are with your body and yourself, the easier it will be to kind of know the difference between, you know, pushing yourself and, you know, doing a little bit more and, and doing too much. Sometimes it's a fine line. I agree with you. And, and there's such nuances that when you listen, then you can pick up on them. Sometimes if you just keep pushing, you don't even hear the messaging your body's giving you. I love that advice. Love it. So two or more questions, probably shorter answer questions about yoga. And then we're going to ask you about work-life balance because you're this phenomenal entrepreneur slash mom slash wife. You did this all. 
um, and your daughter and all that. So what do you think is the most important component of yoga, of a yoga practice for you? The most important is consistency. And that's with anything. It's like you you have to show up, you have to get there. And I know this is cliche, but the only bad yoga class is the one you don't go to. So, of course, if you are, you know, nauseous or you have COVID or whatever, like stay home. But if it's more like I'm a little tired today or I'm not really feeling it or this person got me upset at work and I'm just going to feel sorry for myself at home. If it's one of those things where it's really, you know, if you're really being honest with yourself is not a valid reason to miss your class, get to your class. There have been countless times where I was like I'm a little tired today or I think I'll skip and I I went anyway and I'm like I'm so glad I came I love this class or sometimes it's not even about the yoga it's just being around people that have a great energy and sharing the space with them and there are times when you don't have control over your environment so there have been times when I really wanted to get to class but the you know I got stuck in traffic or there was a snowstorm and the gym was closed and I always think of those times when I don't have the option to go or not go and I'm like you better get your butt there when you can because something might come up a week or two from now and I have weeks where I don't get to yoga for four days in a row so on the weeks when I can go a lot I go on and I feel it balances itself out so I would say number one is consistency but the nice thing, Kayla, is that you can do it at home, right? You can yes. do yoga. You can do yoga anywhere. True, true. That is one of the few things I think. But between dancing and yoga, you can do them anywhere. And we also dance in our style of yoga, by the way. <laughs> Maybe yes, that's a conversation do. for another day. <laughs> But um, so I'd say consistency is one. And then, you know, I'm going to have to go back to finding that balance between asking yourself for a little bit more and then listening to your body. And I say this in every class, um, especially if we're doing like repetitive movements where we're going to do a series of side bends and back bends. I'm like the first one, if you literally rolled out of bed and got to class, especially an early morning class, you're not going to be like, all right, I'm cranking this all the way to the deepest variation of this pose. Like open the body up slowly. And then as you begin to warm up, which happens very quickly, especially in a warm class, then don't be complacent or lazy. See if you can do more today if there, and I I use the analogy of a door that's ajar. I'm like, if that door is slightly open and all you got to do is like walk through it and push it open gently, go for it. But if you're banging down the door and forcing it, then that's not a good sign. So it's that really being connected to your body and what you're able to do because it's going to change from day to day. So we think that our yoga practice, like with many other things, goes on this trajectory where you start off at beginner and then you get better and better and better and it's a straight you know, line going up. It's not. There are times when you hit plateaus. There are times when you take a step back because you got injured or because something is going on mentally. And then you find your way back and you continue going up. So it's not this steady, consistent progression. Right. Just like with our, my crisis. When I have one, I take two steps back. Sometimes it feels like I'm starting all over again, but it's never quite starting all over again. But then your body invites you to take the next step. And I love the door analogy. You don't want to bang the door down. Do you want to gently push the door open? Because people do that. And, you know, there, you know, there's unfortunately sometimes, you know, beliefs or stigmas out there. Oh, you get hurt doing yoga. And one of yeah. my teachers says this. So I won't take credit for it. You get hurt doing yoga wrong. And right. um, I, 
this may sound bad, but there is a way to do yoga wrong. And it doesn't mean do the actual pose. It's forcing intensity when you're not ready yet. Yeah. That's what I mean by wrong. Yeah. Right. I completely agree with you. And if somebody wants to get started doing yoga, what would you suggest? They, how do they start? Hmm. Oh, my gosh. There's so many good ways to start. Well, how did you start? A friend invited me. I went on a Groupon. <laughs> Oh, that's a good way because, you know, yoga, if you're not doing it at home or it's not, maybe you're not part of a, a gym that has it just included in, in the offering. Sometimes it can be a pretty pricey, um, you know, practice to maintain. It's totally worth it. But, um, but yeah, start off with going with a friend on a guest pass or some kind of discount so there's not this big financial risk you're taking. Um, I think it's always nice to go with someone, you know, because when you are feeling a little bit lost or like, oh, gosh, what's going on? Um, you have that person there to, to, you know, for mental and emotional support. Um, and, you know, do some do some research like with anything else, you know, maybe read up on the style of yoga, call the studio and say, hey, I'm looking to start. This is what I, is going on in my body. Um, maybe, you know, whether it's that you think due to your age, you might have limitations due to an injury, your weight, whatever it might be. And most good teachers or good studio owners are going to take the time to tell you yeah. what to expect and tell you what to wear, what to bring with you, what, how soon before class to eat. So um, your yoga practice starts long before you step on that mat in that room. You, you know, you can't eat uh, um a Big Mac or even a veggie burger for a matter of fact, right. and then jump into a yoga class a half hour later. That's a bad right. idea, right? So right. just making sure you have somebody to kind of tell you what to expect. And if you don't have a mat or whatever, most places will lend you one or you can rent one. So we they make it as convenient as possible for new practitioners. Some gyms give a free pass, so you can go on a free pass. I love when there's a good teacher will always show you different options so you never feel left out. There's always a variation that you can do. Um, and for a while, for the beginning of the pandemic, Kale was part of some of the teachers that were actually teaching virtual yoga. And it was by donation. So it was pretty much for you guys. It was quite amazing. They're not teaching it virtually now, but there are some good videos and virtual options um, if that's where you start. But just make sure. Absolutely. Yeah. YouTube has a ton and if you can get in i'm someone that likes to be in person but if um if you find the right teacher or style you'd be surprised what you can be motivated to do at home um and speaking of i still teach virtual spin online huh? i still that's still going it's 2020 i, I guess that's I feel big, I feel because yoga you like you roll out the mat you do what you need to do but spinning you know people bought bikes yeah. and stuff and if they're like, no, we will still keep going. It's still donation based, and I'm just so grateful. I, I would, I never thought I would still be doing this into 2022, and I have, I do it twice a week. Yeah, and it's, it's just, it's I awesome. It. I was taking her <laughs> Friday classes. Yeah, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. All right, so now we get some quick, really fun questions. What? Well, well, there's one more. I want your, your opinion. How it strikes you on a quote, and then I have five quick fire. Um, questions for you, actually, because um, we're running shorter on time. So I might not have you tell me everything about work-life balance. I think I want to hear the following quote for what does it mean to you? For real change to take place, the body needs to learn that the danger has passed 
and to live in the reality of the present. So what that means to me is that in order to, you know, we're all going to go through challenges and hardships at some point, um, some more, you know, difficult than others. And if we look at them as like, oh, this was something bad that happened to me, um, instead of, okay, what can I learn from this experience? I think that keeps us stuck in the past and not kind of moving past it. So it kind of comes back to resiliency. And, you know, I've read a few books on resiliency and it, you know, they give these examples of people who have been through very extreme challenges, whether they're prisoners of war, or just like fell on really hard times um, financially or whatever. And you can have two people that go through the exact same thing and one person learns and thrives from it and the other person allows it to defeat them. And of course, you know, I'm not throwing shade at people who take a longer time to figure things out, it, you know, it's your journey. But to me, to me, that saying kind of makes me think of that, like use the challenges and um, the pain to kind of be like, okay, how can I get better and stronger and smarter from this? I love it. I love it. And you're speaking to the right audience for that. Um, we are a resilient people and it really is about, and sometimes the challenges, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to accept them readily, but it is the person that can take the next step after a challenge happens to them and be resilient. And as Kayla just pointed out, two different people can have two different, completely different reaction. One learns from it and moves forward, then the other one takes a different route. So hopefully as you guys listen to this and get inspired, you will take the route of edu being educated from whatever life brings your way or your chronic disease may bring your way and you will learn and you'll be able to move forward. All right, we're gonna wrap it up with some fun quick fire questions. All right, lady, what's your favorite food? Let's just go with any kind of veggie sushi made with brown rice. I mm -hmm. can eat that anytime. I don't have to like, oh, I'm not in the mood for that. So any kind of brown rice, veggie or vegan sushi. Awesome. What is your favorite yoga pose? Oh my gosh. My favorite yoga pose, I would have to say dancer or standing bow depending on what style you're in, just because it's, it's very, it's a, it looks nice. It's a very elegant pose. And, um, you know, I've come a long way from criticizing my body and going through various like weight loss journeys and things like that. And it's one of the poses where I actually think the way my body is like having very long arms and legs actually helps the pose look, um, more elegant and graceful. So it's, it means a lot to me because it's not, um, it's a way for me to like honor and celebrate my body, which is something that I had to like figure out how to do over the years. So. <laughs> oh, lady, preach. I love that. I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Favorite color. Pink. I love pink. Yes. Pink. She says it like I should know that was a favorite color. Okay. I do know that she wears a lot of pink, you guys, but we're not going to talk about that. Your favorite travel destination? Somewhere where I've been already. Uh, or mm, I, I'm not. I'm just ask. I'm just asking the questions. You're giving me the answers. All right. Um, 
I I really liked. I've been to Spain, and that was uh, really cool just to see the culture and how um how different it is there. And uh, I I had a good time. Um, but I would like to go to. Um, I have never been to Africa, the the continent, and I would like to go to a couple countries in Africa at some point. Ooh, sounds exotic. And sounds like the motherland. Last question: What is your favorite outdoor activity or event? I have to go with running. <laughs> Yeah, I knew she would, guys. Uh, she is, she is a, she is a runner, um, and we can do fast walking and stay right behind her. Oh my! Yes, yes. Any last words of inspiration or something you want to share besides all? I want you to share all your contact information with everyone. Um, but tell us all your handles, how we can get in touch with you, maybe where you teach, and last words, please. All right. So I can be found on Instagram at Kayla Gorell health coach so k-a-y-l-a-g-o-r-r-e-l-l health coach one big word um on facebook it's really easy it's just kayla gorell my regular name um my website is healthy whole happy dot net and if you get the words mixed up just think it's h-w-h so the the even though they have the same h sound the W is in the middle and you, I, I put happy at the end for a reason because I feel ultimately that's the goal is to be happy. So it's healthy, whole, happy dot, um, dot net. Um, I teach at Lifetime Fitness in Mount Laurel and at Echelon Health and Fitness in Voorhees. Those are kind of like my two main places. And final words of wisdom. I think I'm going to go with the... Um, there are two really nice quotes I like, but I think for today's purposes, the one from Arthur Ashe is more relevant. So okay. it says, and I'm going to mess this up. It says, um, I think it's like, start where you are with what you have. It's something to that effect. It's like, don't feel like, okay, well, I got to lose weight or be more flexible or what, or get in better shape to start doing something. Just, just show up and start. Yeah. With, with what you have is that motivation or that idea or that friend that's going to drag you along and then do what you can with what you have and that starting point and that what you have and what you can do is going to continue to increase and grow with, with time as you, as you do more. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, perfect way to end the session. Thank you so much, Miss Kayla Gorell for joining us for our vitamin c3 podcast specifically the mental health and wellness initiative arm of it i will be seeing you in class very soon <laughs> yes thank you for having me i could talk to you all day so this was great <laughs> we could you guys she has a beautiful daughter that i love i see this woman all the time she texts me to check up on me it's a love love relationship and I just wanted to be able to share some of that love, love with all of you guys. So Kayla, have a beautiful rest of your day. And thank you again, my love. Healthy, whole, and happy. Bye. Thanks, Marjorie. Bye, everyone. We hope that today's Vitamin SC3 episode has inspired you and given you hope for the future. Remember, movement is medicine. Thanks so much for listening to the Vitamin SC3 podcast. We hope that you will leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, a new episode is coming out next Monday. So please tune in and enjoy.